Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. Thank you for staying connected and I appreciate you all listening to my podcast. And this is season nine, so I'm in season nine. Uh, this year I started season nine of my podcast and it's it's been an exciting journey so far and I'm so happy to be able to uh, continue podcasting and um, my podcast focuses on social and political issues, both domestic and international. So thanks again for all your support and encouragement. And let's jump right into today's episode. My friends, I just saw the breaking news update that U.S. Senator Tim Scott has endorsed Donald Trump. This is a major major development and it it is an exciting endorsement for trump and let me just point something out something that's very important south carolina is an important state during the primary uh season and we already know that u.s senator lindsey graham from south carolina has endorsed donald trump and now, South Carolina, another U.S. senator from South Carolina, Tim Scott, has endorsed Donald Trump. So both U.S. senators from the state of South Carolina endorsed Donald Trump. Now, this is bad news for the Nikki Haley campaign because uh, presidential candidate Nikki Haley used to be the governor of South Carolina, and she also served as the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. And so she's obviously a very prominent political figure, and uh, she's running for president. And the reason why uh, these endorsements are bad news for Nikki Haley um, is because Nikki Haley is from South Carolina. And so when there's a presidential candidate from South Carolina, that's Nikki Haley, who's running. If both the U.S. senators from the same state endorse Donald Trump, then that kind of is not good news for Nikki Haley. And my friends on my YouTube channel, I, I want to just point out, um, this is a podcast episode that I'm doing. But on my YouTube channel, I have been doing live stream videos. I did um, six live stream videos on my YouTube channel. And so uh, during those live streams, I have discussed uh, the Iowa caucus. And I talked about how, uh, how a massive victory that was for Trump, uh, the Iowa caucus results. And then at the Iowa caucus, if you're following the news, then you know that Ron DeSantis ranked second and Nikki Haley ranked third. So it was it, it was not a, a good day for Nikki Haley, the Iowa caucus day, because she was not able to be number one and she was not able to be number two. She ranked third. Um, but we, we know that um, the New Hampshire primary is coming up and that's very important. And then the South Carolina Republican presidential primary is coming up next month. So what I predicted is that Nikki Haley is probably going to keep campaigning 
and she'll wait for the results of the South Carolina Republican presidential primary. And between now and then, uh, a lot can happen. You know, it's the political world. A lot can change um, in, in a matter of a week. But with this development, with this breaking news update that Senator Tim Scott has endorsed Donald Trump, that is going to um, really, uh, I mean, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of tells me that Trump is going to win South Carolina. I mean, if both Republican U.S. senators from South Carolina endorse Trump, then that sends a strong message to the Republican voters in South Carolina. And I think what's going to end up happening is that um, between now and the South Carolina primary, uh, Trump's position is just going to get stronger and stronger every day. And so what, what does that mean for Nikki Haley? If Nikki Haley is not able to win in South Carolina, which is her home state, then I don't see how um, her campaign uh, would continue. Because you, I mean, it's, in, in politics, you have to win your own state. You have to win your home state in order to be successful in a presidential campaign. At least that's how I see it. If you disagree with me, let me know. And and so this is definitely breaking news. And and Tim Scott, he he's a very prominent political figure in the GOP. He's a sitting U.S. senator, and also he ran for president. Uh, and uh, he, he ran for president in this cycle. So in the 2024 cycle, he ran for president. And if you remember, he was also on the debate stage, and he did well during the debates. And then he stepped away from the presidential race, and now he's endorsing Donald Trump. So Trump is getting important endorsements. And let me now talk about Florida. And I've, I've talked about Florida during one of my YouTube live streams. So if you uh, want to check those out, please go to my YouTube channel. Florida, very important state for Republicans. And both U.S. Senators Marco Rubio and Rick Scott endorsed Donald Trump. And think about Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is the sitting governor of Florida, and he is running in the, in the Republican primary. And at the Iowa caucus, uh, he ranked second. Um, and, the, and the margin between him and Donald Trump at the Iowa caucus, it was significant. So it was, um, he, he was far behind Donald Trump. Now, after a victory at the Iowa caucus, Trump's position in the presidential race is very strong as we head towards the New Hampshire primary. And uh, both U.S. senators from South Carolina endorsed Donald Trump. Both U.S. senators from Florida endorsed Donald Trump. And Ron DeSantis is from Florida. So in Florida, Ron DeSantis did not get the endorsements endorsement, uh, did not get the endorsement from Marco Rubio, he did not get the endorsement from Rick Scott, because both Senators Rubio and Scott endorsed Trump. And so Trump is strong in South Carolina, Trump is strong in Florida. So the momentum is really with him, and he's the front runner clearly, and he's the leading candidate. So let me now talk about what's happening on the Democratic side. On the Democratic side, the name of Michelle Obama is coming up. 
and some people are thinking that she may find her way into the, into the presidential race. Now, the question is, is it still possible for Michelle Obama to jump into the presidential race, given that we are already in 2024? The first presidential primary for the Democrats is next week in New Hampshire, so it's coming up. And also, another name that has been floating in the air um, is, is the name of Governor Gavin Newsom. And some people see him as a presidential candidate. Now, is he going to be a candidate in 2024? I, I don't know. But both uh, Michelle Obama's name and Governor Gavin Newsom's name um, came up and, and continues to be mentioned. Bo- both these names are being mentioned still. So could Michelle Obama or Gavin Newsom find their way into the presidential race 2024? I don't know. Could could Michelle Obama be on the ticket? I don't know. Could Gavin Newsom be on the presidential ticket? I don't know. My friends, as I keep saying, the world of politics is unpredictable. Now, do you remember when Gavin Newsom went to Florida back in spring of last year? And then Newsom and Ron DeSantis had a debate not not too long ago, they they participated in a debate not too long ago, and it was an interesting debate. Somehow, Gavin Newsom is staying active while not being a presidential candidate this year. At least that's what we know as of now. Gavin Newsom did not announce that he's running for president. He has not declared his candidacy, and yet some people believe that he may be a candidate in 2024, which is this year. Now, I have no predictions in this regard. I'm just going to pay attention to what's happening. And then, obviously, I will be sharing uh, my views, my thoughts, my commentary uh, uh, on my podcast, as well as on my YouTube channel. I do know one thing. What I do know is that the Biden administration's policies have been very detrimental for the United States. And here's one thing that's common between Biden and Newsom. Biden has an open border policy. Biden's administration has kept the southern border open. And as a result of that, millions and millions of undocumented immigrants have poured into the United States. Now, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, he also embraces sanctuary policies. California is a sanctuary state for undocumented immigrants. And so if if a voter is looking for a, a candidate who is going to secure the border and stop the influx of undocumented immigrants, um, Biden's not that candidate and Gavin Newsom is not that candidate. Uh, Donald Trump definitely is that candidate on the Republican side uh, because uh, he worked very hard to secure the southern border. But Biden is keeping the border open. His administration is keeping the border open. And Newsom also uh, is, um, you know, a- a- as as the governor of California, he, he embraces sanctuary policies for undocumented immigrants. Now, both these politicians, Newsom and Biden, they are not committed 
to securing our border. Both Biden and Newsom prioritize undocumented immigrants. The U.S. economy is suffering because of Joe Biden's policies. The economy of California is going downhill because of Gavin Newsom's poor governance. Cost of living is very high in California. And the quality of life is not that great. Um, Not for middle-class Americans, not for low-income Americans, maybe for the super wealthy, super rich. But, you know, there's widespread crime. There's widespread crime, and there's there are many homeless Americans in California, and um, Gavin Newsom hasn't solved the homelessness problem. Now, what exactly is Gavin Newsom's accomplishments? I mean, what exactly uh, did he accomplish as the governor of California? People are leaving the state of California. People are moving out of California and going to other states. Because living in California has become unaffordable for many Americans. Once again, if somebody is multimillionaire, uh, billionaire, uh, living in California is probably okay. But for a hardworking American citizen who who is uh, part of the American middle class, or uh, a, a an American citizen who is in the low-income low uh, category who uh, is facing financial challenges. I mean, California is not an affordable place. Living in California is very expensive. And so that's why people are leaving that state. And in fact, in 2022, more than 817,000 people left California and went somewhere else in the U.S. Reportedly, most people are going to Texas after leaving California, and some other states that people are going to are Arizona, Florida, Washington, Nevada, and Oregon. And and so Gavin Newsom, as the governor of California, um, you know, I, I don't know what his accomplishments are. The state is seeing an exodus. People are leaving. And California is not a good place for younger people. I mean, young professionals who are looking to buy a house probably will find, um, probably won't find an affordable option in California unless they have a lot of money. Housing costs are very high, extreme, extremely expensive housing. And so hardworking young professionals are better off living somewhere else where they can afford homes. And, and I mentioned widespread crime. There's a lot of crime in California. And so it's probably not the best place to raise a family. But then again, people are drawn to California because of the beautiful weather. I mean, it is a beautiful state. There's no doubt about that. There are lovely beaches and other natural formations. You know, it is a wonderful, I mean, it's a beautiful state beautiful nature but the the governance i'm talking about governance the state needs better leaders the state needs strong bold and honest leaders who will prioritize american citizens and they will work to create an 
to create a climate in which hardworking Americans can, can thrive. California is the state with the highest number of homeless people. The top two states with the most homeless people are California and New York. And I talk a lot about New York because New York is facing unprecedented crisis. And, and uh, the city of New York in particular, it's a sanctuary city. So I have discussed uh, the issues that are affecting the people of New York on my YouTube channel, I've, I've discussed a lot uh, of issues pertaining to New York on my podcast, and I will continue to do that. So let's go back to the presidential race. What's going to happen in that race going forward? I don't know. As I've said, the political world is unpredictable. I, I said during my live stream videos, on YouTube, my recent live stream videos, that I think that Donald Trump will be the GOP nominee for president. But I really cannot predict what Michelle Obama and Gavin Newsom's roles will be in the presidential race. Will Michelle Obama and Gavin Newsom find their way into the presidential race? I don't know. I have no idea. My friends, I was talking about young professionals a little earlier when I was talking about California and uh, cost of living and um, whether it's an affordable place for young professionals to buy homes or not. One of the biggest challenges that young professionals face in this economy is, is buying a house. It's very difficult to buy a house, especially for young professionals. I've talked about homelessness. So housing is a big issue in this economy. Housing has become quite unaffordable for many. Mortgage rates have risen, houses have become more expensive, and rent has also increased significantly in many places across the country. So housing is a nationwide issue. And I just saw a report today that December home sales were 6.2% lower than in the same month a year ago. Also, full-year home sales for 2023 is 4.09 million units, which is the lowest total since 1995. These are latest data. Also, reportedly, the median price for full-year was 389 dollars $389,800, which is a record high, which is a record high. The real estate market is challenging for first-time home buyers. I think uh, people understand that. For young professionals, first-time home buyers, um, okay, let me just say, did I, did I get that number right? 389000 and $800. That was the median price for full year. Um, uh, record high. Uh, just wanted to mention that number again. Anyway, so the real estate market is challenging. And when will the market improve? I don't know. If you are a real estate expert, please share with me your thoughts. 
And as I keep saying, everything is becoming more expensive. Now, let me switch to another, um, another update, but this update will also show how things are becoming expensive, more expensive over time. The U.S. Postal Service announced that the price for first-class mail forever stamp will increase from $0.66 cents to $0.68, cents, effective January 1 of 2024. If you want to send mail, it's now going to cost you more for a first-class mail forever stamp. It may sound like a small increase, but let's not forget, everything's becoming more expensive. And when you add up all the stuff, 50 cents here, 2 cents here, 1 cent here, a dollar here, $10 there, $50 there. I mean, when you add these up, then it, it leads to a big total increase in a person's budget in a month. And that's why many Americans are struggling to make ends meet and people are exceeding their budgets. My friends, this is the day and age of internet. But even in the day and age of internet, we still use postal mail. It's still an important part of our everyday life. We send letters, we send packages, and USPS is... is um, the presence of USPS, United States Postal Service, is important. And there are, there are many people who send letters and packages by USPS, so it's important. And, and so if the cost of a forever stamp goes up, that affects people's wallets. Let me also tell you that the cost of mailing postcards is also increasing. For domestic postcards, the price is rising from $0.51 cents to $0.53. Cents. For international postcards, the price is rising from $1.50 to $1.55. The cost to mail international letters is also going up from $1.50 to $1.55. One cent after another, the government keeps taking more and more money from us. My friends, that's all I had for today's episode. As always, I encourage you to share your thoughts and comments with me. And I, you know, if you have been listening to my podcast, if you have been reading my blog posts, if you have been reading my published opinions, if you have been watching my YouTube videos, then you know that I exercise my First Amendment right to free speech. And I I am very vocal. I like to share my thoughts. I like to share my views and opinions with the world. And I encourage other people to do the same. And I always tell people that uh, after listening to what I have to say, if you agree with me, let me know. If you disagree with me, if you disagree with my viewpoints, please let me know because I want to hear your thoughts. I believe in sharing of knowledge. I believe in exchange of information. So, do not hesitate to send me a message um, or to write a comment on my YouTube videos and to let me know what you think. And um, before I conclude this episode, I would like to mention my website, tossifanam.net. That's the website that you can visit, tossifanam.net. And once you're on my website, you can sign up for my e-newsletter. You can send me a message. You can check out my blog. You can check out my list of published opinions. 
And so far, uh, more than 100 opinions that I have written uh, have appeared in various publications. And, and so it's a huge milestone for me. Uh, 100 plus writings have been published. And so I will continue writing. And um, your words of encouragement um, really uh, give me a lot of energy. So share with me your thoughts, my friends. And then I hope to be back again with a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. Thank you.